There's never been a faster or easier way to start your weight loss journey than with PlushCare. PlushCare accepts most insurance plans and gives you online access to board-certified physicians who can prescribe FDA-approved weight loss medications like Wigovi and ZepBound for those who qualify. Take charge of your health and speak with a board-certified physician about a weight loss plan that's right for you. Get started today at plushcare.com slash weight loss. That's plushcare.com slash weight loss. plushcare.com slash weight loss. Hiring for your small business? If you're not looking for professionals on LinkedIn, you're looking in the wrong place. That's like looking for your car keys in a fish tank. LinkedIn helps you hire professionals you can't find anywhere else, even those who aren't actively searching for a new job but might be open to the perfect role. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't even visit other leading job sites. So start looking in the right place. With LinkedIn, you can hire professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash people today. Hey there, it's Michelle Norris. I'm host of a podcast called Your Mama's Kitchen. When I travel, I'm usually looking for a way to find a taste of home when I'm not at home. And one of the things I love to do when I am at home is entertain. And Airbnb allows me to do that. When I was in California recently, I rented a house that had a great kitchen. And when we were sitting around the table, we're all thinking, we're in someone else's house. Someone could be in all of our homes as well. If you have a home, but you're not always at home, you have an Airbnb. Your home might be worth more than you think. Find out how much at airbnb.com slash host. Welcome to the Inspired Evolution, a show dedicated to helping you actually live the life that you love. I'm your host, Amrit Sandhu, international speaker, global coach, and loving podcaster. As a gift for tuning into this podcast, I have something really special just for you. My premium short course, which can teach you how to meditate in just seven days. You can download it now at www.inspiredevolution.com forward slash learn. That's www.inspiredevolution.com forward slash learn. Learn how to meditate in just seven days. Sit back, relax, and enjoy this powerfully insightful conversation. Don't forget to hit subscribe so you don't miss any of the latest episodes launching every Monday designed to help you live the life you love and keep you inspired to evolve. I think a small angel just walked by. Power you and inspire you today. Thank you. Well, connect, inspire, and impact. Let's start with that mm. because you seem very clear on what's going on in your space and what those words mean to you. What do they mean to you? So we can have a look from the outside in in terms of what's going on in there. Mm. I think um, we're all change makers, uh, and I think that um, you know it's a big world out there, and it can get overwhelming. And we're relying on a lot of other people to do something mm. to change this space, but really ultimately it comes down to what can we do to change this world and to change ourselves and others. And for me, I have these three pillars, which are to connect, inspire and make a difference. So in every moment, I'm looking upon this world with those lenses, almost like wearing glasses. So that means that when I'm sitting next to someone on the bus, it's annoying me that I connect, inspire and make a difference. That means when the world's overwhelming me, I'm not getting along with my manager or whatever's going on, that I connect, inspire, make a difference. So it really does change the way that I 
basically shape my reality. I'm not going into negativity. I'm thinking about myself and the other person in every single moment. So that's just how I behave, and they're the three pillars that I live by. I love that, and I'd almost uh, be leading into a question, which is, for me, it's connect, contribute, and celebrate. But just even having those three values and three pillars in there, um, I just know it helps me so much with my decision-making at Mm. times in terms of, am I going to do this or am I not going to do that? Or am I going to do this or am I going to do that? Mm. And it's like, well, am I connecting? Am I celebrating? You know, so for you, is it, am I having, like, how does it help you with the decision-making process? Well, it changes everything. Mm. Um, So when it could turn into a negative situation, it never will because I'm always thoughtful around how can I connect with this person who's angry, upset or negative? How can I inspire this person? And how can I make a difference in their life? Mm. You know, in every moment, that's how I'm thinking. Um, And so, and I also, that's translated in my business as well. It's not just personally. Um, That's why I live in business as well. That's how I behave in business. That's how I build businesses with those three pillars as well. So every business that I'm involved with, and I've had eight startups, they all have at the core that mission that I share with my staff, that I share with customers, that I share with the community. That's who we are and that's what we stand by, those three pillars. And you can have any pillars. I don't know what it is for you. For my son, it's respect, um, kindness and contribution. So that's his three pillars and that's how he behaves in this world. And that's what guides him through the world. Even when things get difficult, that's the way he thinks. The question I have from there is that I love what you've just articulated and one of the things that in the coaching that comes up for me, especially helping people set up their businesses, is I often have the dialogue around try and ensure your business is not really a business, it's just an extension of your own energy mm. and that's kind of what I heard you say in terms of yeah. I make sure that the like what it, like what all these startups that you're invested in, all these massive organisations you're working with, you're ensuring that they're in line with your own values. Yes. So is that kind of the key there in terms of finding that, okay, making sure that it is in a perfect alignment with what I'm up to? Absolutely. I don't think you need to be... um, I don't care what environment you're in, from a hairdresser to owning a cafe, you can still have these principles weaved through your business. So your business becomes so much a part of you, so much more meaningful, so much more purposeful, and Mm. also you're creating so much impact through being yourself and knowing yourself and what you stand for. And that will weave its way through the whole organisation, through your family, through everything that you do. So, And I think the interesting conversation there is that... Um because there's always this conversation around, especially in the corporate world, it's, it's around reward. I remember I was working with a client recently, we were talking a lot about reward. And if your values aren't necessarily aligned with the work that you're doing, then you're consistently going to need to be rewarded, right? Mm. But if your values are in line with what you're showing up for, yeah. then the reward is that actually as you're working in your business, your organisation, whatever mm. it is that you're showing up for, that is intrinsically rewarding because, yes. hey, like I'm, con- like I'm contributing, but contribution is like who I am as well, so I'm growing. Yes. So I don't need a reward because it's like, hey, I'm, I'm, I'm in this dance with whatever my creation, the business, the organisation that I'm with mm. is facilitating for me. Absolutely. I love that. So one of the key things is we've talked about the maturation stage of, you know, having values and how it can be super helpful, but how did you go about the journey of getting clear on like these were your key three things? Yeah, I think um, I studied psychology Mm. and I realised that I wasn't getting the answers I was seeking. Right. So I struggled a lot as a young woman um, and I'm seeing that with my teenage sons too and it's quite heartbreaking to experience that and know that 
everyone is suffering. Um, and so that's another thing around the pillars. Um, you know, you sometimes think the grass is greener or people are going well and you don't understand why they're behaving the way they are, but you can guarantee that there's something going on in their world that you don't know about. And for me, there's no reason not to be kind, you know, and I don't take things um, personally because of that. Um, but a lot of this learning came from... Um, I went and lived uh, in Dharamsala, India, with um, the Dalai Lama when I was 21. And I studied with the Tibetan Lamas in um, somewhat an isolated community up there. Um, after the um, communist invasion of Tibet, they, India, um, so beautiful and kind, let the Tibetan refugees into India and they established themselves in a hill station in the mountains, established their temples, their culture, their religion. Their spirituality is what kept them, you know, thriving. They pulled together as a community and um, living amongst those people changed my life. In essence, it was like Shambhala, like it was the perfect community where everyone was kind, where everyone supported each other, where businesses helped the homeless, like everyone pulled together. Because you have to realise that in a refugee camp, there's no government, there's no police, there's no one there. The whole infrastructure's gone. So who's supporting community? You are, you are, right? So that's when you start to depend on each other. And that's when your values and how you behave in community, uh, it becomes so important. So just learning from this incredible leader, the Dalai Lama, how to be kind, how to be respectful, how to honor, how to serve others. And to see that play out in a community as large as what it was, amid, amidst so much suffering, like really there were so many people killed, there were so many, you know, families torn apart, they're living in extreme poverty, but yet there was this spirit of just incredible compassion because of this leadership that infiltrated everything and their intrinsic values. Yeah. So one of the, I love the, the background of that. And so hearing into you've seen this model of how potentially conscious leadership and just like being open, being cut loving, being kind, being mm. compassionate can actually operate within an environment and how people can lead from such values. Um, that's obviously inspired you to walk back into yes. the Western environment to bring mm. these values and such a form of leadership mm. back to this world. That was an interesting situation. So I got over there and didn't want to come home because I was living in this absolutely blissful community. And coming home was really hard because I was in a culture where Buddhism wasn't really well known back then. We're going back 25 years. So um, I felt like an outsider coming back with all this spirituality, all this information. And there was this very high lama, he's called an elemental. So an elemental, he travels with his holiness. And he's the one that actually they call, he can change the rain. So it never rains when His Holiness speaks because of this High Lama, because he's an elemental. So apparently he can change the weather. So they're quite esoteric. There's a lot that goes on over there um, in terms of their uh, mental abilities uh, and power, let's just say that. Anyway, I went to him and I said, they had me in three months isolation in a meditation retreat that I'd like to share with you and actually do the meditation with you if we get the chance. It's a purification meditation. Anyway, he said, I, I said to him, I need to become a nun because I can't go back home and my spiritual journey is everything to me. And he said, you know what? You can live in the monastery for the rest of your life or you can get out there and you can change the world. And I think that you need to go out there and share this information and do something good in the world because that's all of our responsibility not to just sit here and meditate and get enlightened, but to share this way of being with the whole world. So I left Dharamsala and um, entered into um, this change-making space 
Mm. I love that. So let's do the meditation in just a sec. Can I ask one question before we dive into there, which is what are some of the challenges then that are like the palpable ones and some of the things that you've had to learn to develop, soften, grow, evolve in the process of coming from such a space to then bringing your form of leadership, your awareness of leadership into integrating that into the world that we're currently, because it doesn't necessarily sound like the world we're currently living in is as Shangri-La as the one you left. So the spiritual paradigm for esoteric Tibetan Buddhism is that every action is contributing to creating our world. So they call it, we have black seeds and we have white seeds. So how big is your mountain of black seeds and how big is your mountain of white seeds? Mm. So mental health in this space is around, if you're not feeling well or things aren't great in your world, then you need to start having some more, planting some more white seeds. And the white seeds are kindness, giving back, being loving, all those things are noticed in your world and others. Um, and so you can go into karma and all of that, but this is probably the easiest way of explaining it is, how many white seeds do you have to your black seeds? So they would argue that people that aren't going great have got more black seeds than white seeds. They've planted more negativity in the world, there's more fear, they're coming from a different space. So they would say to you, go and be generous. If you came to them in a bad state of mind, go and be generous, go and give something to someone, go and be kind to someone, go and be loving to someone, go and take... Um, do something for someone that needs your help. And that way you accumulate more white seeds and you build this mountain of white seeds. And that creates mental wellness. Um, And so one of their meditations is called the Vajrasattva meditation. So every night the lamas sit and do this. This is a fundamental meditation for the journey in enlightenment for the esoteric Buddhists. It's called Vajrasattva. So it's a white light that you imagine above your head. And every night they have a spiritual shower, basically, they imagine this white light coming over their bodies, purifying all the black seeds that may have accumulated during the day. And at the end of the meditation, they will think about all the good things that they've done. So that's really important to remember that you would have done some good things, but a lot of time we go to bed and we worry and we think about all the bad things we've done and we worry and think about all this stuff, but actually this is paying honour and homage to all the good things that you may have done and not have acknowledged. So every night, that's how they function and what they do. Let's do a meditation. You want to do it? (laughs) Okay. So if you just want to nestle into a nice space. Normally, we join our hands like this, but it's up to you. Hi, I'm Daniel, founder of Pretty Litter. Cats and cat owners deserve better than any old-fashioned litter. That's why I teamed up with scientists and veterinarians to create Pretty Litter. Its innovative crystal formula has superior odor control and weighs up to 80% less than clay litter. Pretty Litter even monitors health by changing colors to help detect early signs of potential illness. It's the world's smartest kitty litter. Go to prettylitter.com and use code ACAST for 20% off your first order and a free cat toy. Terms and conditions apply. See site for details. Quality sleep is essential. That's why the Sleep Number Smart Bed is designed for your ever-evolving sleep needs. Need a bed that's firmer or softer on either side? Helps you sleep at a comfortable temperature? Sleep Number Smart Beds let you individualize your comfort, so you sleep better together. J.D. Power ranks Sleep Number number one in customer satisfaction with mattresses purchased in-store. 
And now, save 40% on the Sleep Number Limited Edition Smart Bed for a limited time. For J.D. Power 2023 award information, visit jdpower.com awards. Only at Sleep Number stores or sleepnumber.com. Closing your eyes if you feel to. Just really, really feeling into the body, acknowledging what you're feeling. Coming into awareness, awareness of not only your body and your feelings and sensations, but the feelings of the invisible world. The invisible world being your thoughts. What's going on in that invisible world? Imagine yourself looking into this invisible world like you're holding a crystal ball. Rise above it in awareness and see into the crystal ball of your own mind. What are you seeing? Now just imagine above your head a white light, a ball of beautiful white light filled with blissful energy. Blissful, purifying, healing energy. In Buddhism we call it the nectar that can transform poison. Now just imagine this nectar streaming from the white ball, which is infinite, full of white purifying light. This infinite ball of light filled with healing nectar pouring over your body from your head, down your face, neck, chest, all over your torso, legs, feet and let it run through everything, this beautiful, purifying nectar, transforming all your dark seeds and dark energy into light. The energy just gushes down, gushes down, purifying, releasing, everything in this meditation, and especially with the mantra I'm about to say, is released. All the dark seeds are released in this moment. Om Vajra Haruka Samaya Manu Palaya Rukadeno Patita Dirumi Bawa Surukeo Mi Bawa Anuraktu Mi Bawa Sawa Sirimem Prayatsa Samakama Satsume Siram Shiram Kuru Huma Ho Bhagawan Vajra Aruka Mame Matsa Aruka Bawa Maha Samaya Safa Aum Fe Release This beautiful spiritual shower transforming every single bad deed and thought, all the negativity running through your body and out. And now just coming back to the white light in your, above your head, that beautiful white light in gratitude. And now just thinking about 
all the beautiful things that you've done this morning. I'm not sure what actions you've taken or how you may have helped someone else. That's for you to remember, always to remember the good that you've done, the beautiful healing energy you're bringing to this world, the kindness you're bringing to the world. That's what matters most. Umahung, umahung, umahung. When you feel like you've honoured the space, when you've dedicated your merit, recognised your white seeds, and you're feeling ready, come back to the space. I think most of us are back. Thank you so much <laughs> for sharing that. It's okay. So, meditation obviously being a very powerful tool that yeah. you rely on. Seems like there's a lot going on in your world. Mm. How does someone manage so many things? Obviously, cleansing oneself to be clean, to spiritually, I can feel even right now just how much more poised and ready and graceful I feel. Mm. Um, what is in there? Is the meditation key? Are there other tools in your tool belt in terms of managing your way through all the things that you manage to achieve? Mm. I think for me, um, when you become aware, um, when you're talking about the, the line before, which was amazing, when you're coming under the line, perhaps there's some emotions and ways of being that aren't serving you. And I think it's, um, we do a lot of, we hear a lot about mindfulness meditation, but really it's more than just looking at the thoughts. It's understanding what thoughts aren't serving you and aren't serving others. And then it's about seeing those thoughts, being aware of those thoughts and transmuting them. So really for me, it's like um, we've had a lot of big stuff happen with World Vision last week. We've got the coronavirus going on. I've got family stuff going on. It seems never ending. But really for me, it's been very, very conscious of myself in every moment. And it's about, I'm not going down the rabbit warren of worry because you can just go into some really dark spaces very quickly. Mm. For me, it's pulling that back and making sure I don't enter those spaces and I just don't because they don't serve me. Worry is not going to help anyone. So for me, it's recognising that those thoughts are suffering. They will bring you suffering. So what's the point? And they'll bring others suffering too. So for me, it's like choosing love or choosing thoughts that are going to keep me stable. To me, that's choosing wellness mm. and that's really important. So in every moment, you have a choice. And that's where your power is in that choice. The power to choose a different way of thinking. I love that. What's precipitating is one of the quotes um, that I run by, which is, worry doesn't alleviate tomorrow's problems. It just no. saps you of today's energy. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> and so you're less resource than obviously you can, you your can state. You can feel it. You can feel yeah. your power go in that moment. Mm. There's no possibilities in that moment. Yeah. You're contracted, you're trapped in fear. You can't serve anyone or yourself. Mm. So what's the point? That's the enemy. So the enemy within are those thoughts. So that's what in Buddhism you can be your best friend or you can be your worst enemy. And we need to manage that ourselves, within ourselves in every moment. 
Yeah, I do relate to that as well in terms of often with the obstacle is our is ourselves. <laughs> again and again, I've come to find one of my favourite part of that is memes on Facebook is um, there's this little kid and he's lying on the footpath and there's a little yellow gumboot on his mm. head and he's like being squished into the floor. And underneath the caption is me before spiritual awakening. And then the next one is like, he's over here in the next little caption and he's still on the floor and there's still a yellow gumboot pushing him down into the earth, but it's his own hand inside the gumboot. And it's like, me after spiritual awakening. And it's just like... <laughs> it's like, yeah, right, I, I'm in my own way all the time, yeah. Yeah, no, that's really cool. And I think that we can go around blaming others for everything that's ever happened. But at the end of the day, if you want to reclaim your power, then that's a big part of it. Mm, amazing. And so in terms of all the things that you're managing to do, channeling your conscious attention on your thoughts and bringing it back to there again and again and making sure that you know, what you're thinking is serving you, it must take some level of focus, resilience, any mm. advice in that space in terms of, because for some of us, like the worry can be, you know, I don't want to say we're addicted to it, but at the same time, if sometimes you see it in your loved ones, it's like they worry and they feed off that worry sometimes. Mm. How do we break that pattern? How do we develop resilience? Is resilience even the right word that I should be? Yeah, I think so. I think so. I think that, um, I mean, I've also spent some time with the Yawanawa people in South America and sat with the Shipibo as well. Um, and they're very interesting to be around um, because they talk about jaguar medicine. So the jaguar medicine, as you can imagine, the jaguar has no predators. And the jaguar medicine is almost like um, a way of tracking fear within the body. So the jaguar, like the cat, you become the jaguar in terms of tracking your fears. So what are these fears? What is holding you back? You have to track and find what it is. Because if you don't, then you can never rise up into the space of who you are. There's so much that's going to hold you back. I'm not going to do this or I can't do this, whatever it is. The Jaguar medicine or that awareness helps us track those fears because that's what keeps us small. That sound of, kind of sounds similar to what Todd was saying before in terms of above and below the line. One thing that's dropping in for me in this present moment is does it set you apart when you're willing to go into your fears then because other people are not necessarily willing to do that work and hence why perhaps conscious leadership affords itself to you? Mm. Oh, for me it's a key. And so like, you know, the shaman is the wounded healer. The shaman has gone into every kind of breakdown, mental breakdown, um, every, faced every fear you can imagine, every trauma head on, like seriously head on. Because in the invisible world, these are the things that are there, sitting there with us all the time. And unless they're acknowledged, unless they're cleared, unless they're respected and transformed into love and understanding, they can sit there for a very long time and affect us in ways that we're unconscious of, basically. We're unconscious until we become conscious of what's going on underneath. I've got so many questions, but I also think perhaps people in the audience have some questions as well. So anyone Q&A? Anybody got a question for Simone? We've got one right up here. If you can introduce your name just before you fire your question. Hello, hello. Thank you. Thank you. Um, I'm Mitchell. Um, my question is about what you just spoke about, about going into your fears and also not maybe indulging in worry. Um, and maybe if you can help distinguish between those two, because um, I agree with what you're saying, but those two things to me 
um, sound a little bit conflicting. So it, w it would be great to have some clarity over going into fears and not um, going into worry. Yeah, I think anything that is holding you back or that's causing you suffering, you could say, is the darkness. And so in that moment, it's seeing what it is and transmuting it. So how do I transmute it? For example, if I'm, the wound, if I'm wounded, how do I transform that into being the healer in my life? So how do I start to transform these energies into things that are beneficial, that cause me wellness? Yeah, so I see it as a transmutation of whatever it is and whatever, whatever that may mean for you. So instead of worrying about something, maybe it's focusing more on wellness and opportunity. Maybe there are opportunities in what's happening that you're not seeing, the possibilities just aren't there at the moment because you're contracted in the worry. And so that's where the darkness is because there's no possibility in darkness. But when you're thinking in highest thoughts and thinking in a more loving space, the heart opens and expands into possibility and opportunity. Yeah, that's how I see it. Transmute versus perpetuate. Yeah, cool. Thank you. Mm. Thank you for that. Hi, I'm Miroslav. Hi. <laughs> Could you please, and if it's okay to ask, sing or offer another, another mantra or a prayer? Yeah, sure. Um, the mantra that I just shared was the Vajrasattva mantra. They actually isolated me for three months in meditation with that white light. And I had to say that mantra 100,000 times. So I know it well. <laughs> um, another um, great meditation is called the Tonglen. Has anyone been, um, are you aware of that meditation at all? The Tonglen meditations? which is the meditation on giving and taking. So in, you know, in shamanism, they, um, they will seek out their fears, but also in Buddhism, um, there's a meditation where you breathe in black smoke, which is all the adversity of yourself and others. So it's almost like bring it on. It's almost like of all the suffering in the world, I'm bringing this on and I'm breathing out white light. And so in that meditation, you are becoming resilient and facing things that you wouldn't normally and the white light goes out to the world for healing. Um, so it's just another little hack. I think that's a good one to remember. Um, we're not always running away from our fears, we're facing them. Um, and it also pierces selfishness, because selfishness is the enemy in Buddhism and shamanism too, yeah. Um, so another mantra that's beautiful is the Tara mantra. I'm not sure whether you've heard of Tara. Tara is the female goddess in um, Buddhism. And did you all want to do it? Because it's kind of easy to do and it's a really powerful feminine. There's a lot of feminine energy, I think, um, coming through today. Um, this femininity is, she is our well, goddess. She comes in all different colors and she's a healer in Buddhism. Um, so it's a Tara mantra and it's Om Tare Tutare Ture Soha. So did you want to repeat it after me? Om Tare. Om Tare. Tutare. Tutare. Ture Soha. Ture Soha. So if you imagine this beautiful feminine energy uh, with us at the moment, that's uh, green light for green Tara, and then we can say this uh, and honour her and the Tibetan Buddhist uh, way uh, together. So if we do it together, it's um, Om Tare. Tutare ture soha, 
ta re tu ta re tu re so ha om ta re tu ta re tu re so ha om ta re tu ta re tu re so ha om ta re tu ta re tu re so ha om ta re tu ta re tu re so ha gracias and welcome back to the inspired wait welcome back what's going on is we interviewed simone dowding we've got her back here with us now welcome simone hi thanks for having me (laughs) it's such a pleasure to have you here and we interviewed her live for the podcast live at get hacked here in melbourne and we decided that we wanted to go a little bit deeper so we're here having this chat and simone one of the things that was really present for me when we were having our chat in the live space was we talked a lot about the inner work that was available to us in terms of and the conversation around the white seeds and the black seeds is something that's really stayed very very present for me um and what's what's coming up for me is you know how do we like i i know that it's it's very easy to sort of drop into the awareness of yep there's all this inner work and i think it's really profound the inner work that you're sharing but i think perhaps some people miss the context of just how much you're really up to in your day-to-day life right like with the eight startups and then you've got you know you you're working with world uh, with different companies different organizations all over the world doing some really amazing things mm. i wanted to ask you the question how does all this inner work actually show up in your day-to-day and you, you seeing the quantifiable benefits of it mm, okay yeah, I think that, um, you know, how do we weave together all this spirituality, all this work that we do, uh, mm. bring it into our families, bring it into our communities, bring it into our work. I mean, for me, that's the, that's the ceremony for me. It's we learn so much in these practices. How do we integrate that into reality? Because for me, that is the most important ceremony of all. It's life. So we can have all these amazing experiences and realizations, um, but unless we bring that medicine into our own work, into our own world, mm. uh, and take those initiations and practice them, uh, then really for me, that's the most important thing uh, is how we do that and how I do that is um, it's an intention uh, and it's a knowing. It's a, I, what I gain from the other world and the other practices that I have. I make sure that I'm very present to them and I'm making sure that in every moment I'm weaving that wisdom into my reality. So there is a solid intention me, to integrate, yeah. There is, and I think that if you think of yourself as, for me, as a medicine woman, that medicine, that healing energy that I bring in every moment, I'm just bringing that in every moment. It's not something that I sort of think about or have to the intention is that I'm here to heal others and to heal this world, sure. But in mm. every moment, I'm just being who I am. And that's the integration. That's the yep. integration of embodying the wisdom. It's not just an intelligence. Yeah. Which I love, which is, mm. you know, one of the things that I often uh, just reflect on is that there's a time that, you know, perhaps, and maybe there was never really a time for this, but maybe I grew up thinking this. But I felt there was a time when there's, you know, there was the work amaret and, you know, there's the home amaret. And then there's, uh, you know, the gym amaret, there's the meditation amaret, 
there's the hanging out with the friends amrit and there's like these five different amrits but as i'm starting to mature yes. perhaps or as i'm starting to walk this path i'm coming to find that actually just be the one <laughs> like just just drop all that other noise yes. all that other stuff like just you know sometimes it's hard enough giving yeah. up with one version of yourself that you project you know and it's just like just yes. come home just be you it's as simple as that yes yes and there's just so much authenticity in that there's so much beauty in that because in essence you know yourself mm. and then you know who you are in every moment and how you behave in every moment is authentic and in integrity with your truth and I find it interesting because in that space, then we end up really authentically connected to ourselves, right? There's less, mm. um, I need a better word, but I'm going to use the word void. Um, and when we don't have these voids, there's perhaps less things to plug. And I guess I'm coming from a direction where, you know, I kind of know that society's kind of geared and built a certain way where we're encouraged to, I don't know, I guess have voids so we can fill them, you know, like consumerism is rampant in mm. society. Um, how did, you know, what are your takes on, I guess, the way that the world currently is laid out for us? Like, is it laid out for us to succeed? I know there are some challenges that you and I believe, you know, perhaps capitalism presents. Is there space for Mm. conscious capitalism or? Yeah, I feel like, um, we've been chasing false idols for some time in the form of consumerism. Um, you know, the best car, the biggest house all these false idols that we thought were going to bring us happiness. And I think in the moment in this current pandemic, I don't think we've ever felt so unsafe and so vulnerable for me ever. Mm. All the systems are failing. The reliance on government has become extreme. Mm. Um, So in this space, I feel like instead of thinking there's so much chaos and destruction, which there is, I see it as a healing. I see us rebuilding ourselves in a new space, in a new way. Um, so there's so much beauty in that. So every time I go into fear, I think, no, I'm just going to trust and surrender because the way we've been doing things hasn't been serving us, humanity, the world. It had to change in some way. And I didn't know how it was going to change. I actually thought it would be world war three, as we discussed before. Mm. Um, not that I'm grateful that it's manifested in this way, but for some reason I see this almost as an initiation that mother earth has said, I bought you fire, I bought you floods you know, here's a pandemic for you, you know, um, we've all had to stop, we've gotten back to the simple things, you know, the beauty of family, the beauty of not being busy, completely detached from our normal lives. And there's so much beauty in that, because as spiritual beings, that's often what we do as spiritual seekers, you know, we detach from the world so that we can gain information and go back into it in a different way. And I feel like now everyone's been given that chance to go on a bit of a spiritual journey, go on a bit of a you know, self-discovery into, well, what really is important and how am I going to feel secure and safe and in love and um, how am I going to be a part of this new world? Because we have to innovate. We have to do things differently. And so now is the time. So I do want to ask I think that sort of plays into this this conscious capitalism you mentioned, yeah. The Mm, system has to change. Yeah, so I do want to ask you about that. So in terms of integrating that, even just that term conscious capitalism, like we're still building on top of the old, but the new systems that we wish to see is that kind of the approach. Mm. Hence why you're out there and creating so many things that are so inspiring to you in the business world. Well, I think, you know, I often have this argument. I know fundamentally capitalism can be extremely destructive, but the truth is that the infrastructure is there Mm. and we're seeing the destruction of capitalism now and it is catastrophic. 
So instead of it completely disappearing and us being left in complete chaos, how do we capitalise on capitalism, so to speak? What do we do about this capitalist system? You know, yeah, so let's make it conscious. Let's make it beautiful. Let's look at business practices that, you know, this new circular economy, for example, where businesses are behaving for the good of humanity and Mm. for the good of the environment. Because if they don't, they won't be sustainable. They won't be relevant in this new world. Um, it's actually profitable to look after your waste and be sustainable as a company and look after others because a thriving community is a thriving business after all. Uh, we're seeing the community thriving at the moment. There's no business. So hopefully people start to see that link. Um, and also, you know, brands that their supply chains have been disrupted, globalisations disrupted companies and, and products and so forth. Um, which means that we have to change the way we're doing things. I think we've been forced to change the way we're doing things. That's going to be good for all of us if those changes happen. Right. So I, what I hear in there is an inherent optimist, though, which I share, <laughs> which is things are changing, they're changing for the better, uh, which I appreciate because yeah. otherwise it's like, what? Mm. <laughs> Mm. Um, yeah it's a scary time scary time and i think you know we have to go into that cave to find the treasure mm. um and it's an initiation of sorts you know it really is and we have to change our relationship to fear Mm. because at the end of the day it's an illusion and that's how we think about it and how we relate to it so it's important to be i think in in any sort of um moment like this there's opportunity and i see the opportunity is transformation and innovation of our capitalist system Right. And do you harbour the fear at all? Or I know you probably don't entertain the fear, but is one of the biggest fears that, you know, the world doesn't shift in time for, you know, our species to live in harmony with it? Mm. I feel like, um, you know, we're in the middle of, you know, climate change. Um, We're in the middle of climate change. Um, We have to accept that. Um, We're in the middle of a pandemic. You know, who knows uh, what's next? Um, I feel like the wake-up call is there. I feel like actually the leadership that we've been seeking isn't there, but I feel mm-hmm. like there will be new, new leaders entering this space. And I think they'll be in the form of corporates because corporate leadership is going to become so important. They are the ones that are controlling a lot of the supply chains, the economy, the wealth. They're the ones that can make the hugest changes in this world. For example, you know, Audi's decided, you know, in the next five years, if you are not biodegradable, then um, you will no longer be, um, they will not buy anything from you. So that's a huge call for company to make. And that's the way I think things are going to go, that these corporates will lead the change because they know that, um, you know, resources are, you know, they're not infinite. You know, so our resources and our earth is um is is important for our um, our growth, and it needs to be sustainable for everyone to survive. So, yeah. it is it is interesting, isn't it? Because it seems like as we're as you know, there would have been times when you know things weren't functioning in a capitalistic society, but we're so ingrained into that model right now that it feels just the norm. Mm. But you know, when you think about it, it hasn't been thousands of years that we've been operating like this, right? Um, and, you know, we talk about some of the sacred ways with the earth, the fire, the wind, and we've been praying to these things for thousands mm-hmm. and thousands and you know, decades of thousands of years. Um, but it's interesting to feel, you know, there's been times in the past where our awareness has shifted and hence the way we govern ourselves has also shifted, right? And I think mm-hmm. between you and I, I'm just wanting to go there in the conversation is I feel like there is a shift in awareness that's coming that may be mm. preceding and alluding to the fact that, hey, like, 
you know, maybe there's a shift in the systems that we're currently governing ourselves with. And for me, it was no more present than when, you know, we we're having a conversation around privacy and stuff and Facebook had some issues with the way we elected leaders. And um, yeah, there was just some challenges in that space because obviously people were manipulating other people um, using social media to mm. gain votes and stuff like that. Mm. And people were like, well, you know, mm. what's your role in all of this? And we couldn't even properly mm. persecute the people that had trespassed our privacy. And for me, it was like, well, with mm. digital information, the way and where it is, um, obviously mm. we don't have the systems, our current system, our current infrastructure doesn't understand how to resolve these things, you know? And so there's like calling mm. on a greater level of awareness, even just for something as simple as that. Um, with the inf- mm. like the digital infrastructure that we're developing and building, so do you feel that there is this mm. um, this shift in consciousness that is that is global? That is, there is this awakening, and perhaps it's mm. alluding to a shift in the systems that we're going to be living in. Yeah, I do. I feel like um, the systems are collapsing um, under climate change and the virus and our economic system is overly inflated. Um, so the whole way that we perceive growth and our whole value economically in being growth, our happiness being in growth, um, being in, the value being money, uh, I see that as a massive shift. Um, I see that people um, have been living a dream that um, obviously hasn't been serving them, but there's been no way out. And now we're sort of thinking differently because we've been forced to. I mean, the supermarkets is hardly any food in the supermarket. You know, like our main food source is that we go in and we get food from a central um, point, almost like communism. You know, we've lost our ability to um, to grow our own food. We've lost all those those systems of community, all those ecosystems. We we used to depend on each other in the old in the old ways. We depended on each other. We supported each other. Um, in our dependence on the state, we've lost that dependence on each other. Um, yep. So I just feel a lot of, um, you know, in this fear and panic, people are, I can see even our communities coming together. We didn't have milk this morning. We went next door and got it. You know, like people are coming together. Um, so this is the beauty of all of this. Again, I feel like, you know, the systems haven't been serving us. They were leading us into disaster. Um, and this has been a huge wake up and awakening. I st- I'm already seeing people starting the conversation around, you know, all the neighbours are starting to grow their own food. They've got these little gardens happening, almost like what Yeah, gorilla gardening. Um, <laughs> yeah. yeah, it's just incredible. So it has. I can feel this revolution already. People's <laughs> mindsets are really thinking differently. So, And they're yeah. more localised. You know, it's more localised. It's like, well, you know, what's happening with our, we can't travel and we can't get food in from other countries. That's, that's scary. Yeah. That's yeah. scary. It could be much worse. I'd love to I'd love to ask you a question, which is, what are some of the so the the bringers of tomorrow? Um, obviously, we try not to look too far, casting you know beyond our own shadow, I guess. Um, but what do some of the leaders of tomorrow look like to you? Like, what inspires you in the leaders of the conscious corporate leadership that you see in the leaders of tomorrow? Mm-hmm. Yeah, I think it's interesting. I had a moment when I was in the Amazon last time. And I was really feeling into the intelligence over there coming through me saying that, you know, all the old ways, we can't leave this jungle, but we're Mm -hmm. coming through you. We're going to start to, that light will come through these leaders into this world. And I do feel like there's light bearers coming that have this new way of being um, that are going to bring forth a new way of seeing. Uh, which will create change for all of us. Um, But there'll be a lot of leaders coming through. I feel people standing up now 
for what they believe because they've seen we're just at that point we're on our knees the leadership's not there um, and I'm hoping to see many leaders coming to this space now that are really purpose-driven, uh, that are looking at their, their lens being around sustainability, their lens being around humanity, their lens being around the um, planet. And honestly, that doesn't mean loss of profit. We can still be profitable. We can still have a great economy. We can still live well in this system. But mm -hmm. we need to have some impact goals, impact goals around our businesses and social impact, environmental impact, and we need to be measuring that, every one of us. And there'll be social movements too. I think all of us will be standing up as leaders. We're becoming more conscious. We're making choices around what we're buying. Um, ethical purchasing, 71% of millennials will choose um, an ethical product over another. So already we're choosing with our dollar, which mm. is sending huge messages to corporates, change your ways because we no longer want these products. Mm. You know, so um, I think it'll come from a number of different places, um, but there will definitely be social movements growing, I feel, individuals rising up and just making choices via their purchasing, which will in turn change corporates, you know, the way they do things. Because they're the ones at the end of the day that are looting our resources and, and all these destructive practices and, and taking all this wealth, you know. So if it was more equitable and they were thinking more thoughtful and um you know, more sustainable and more positively doing business that didn't impact the earth and humanity in the way they did, then, you know, there's there's more to go around and there's more longevity, uh, more sustainability. It just makes sense. I love that. And almost to, thank you so much for sharing that. And I just want to almost bring it home to where we started, but in terms of connect, inspire and impact, what is it that um, you see, you know, as the future that, you know, perhaps... Are we all much more connected? We are inspired by the life that we're living and we're having greater levels of impact and living in harmony with the earth or am I programming that in? Like mm. what do you see in terms of, you know, where your values come from and what's in, what's in alignment for what's ahead for us? I guess for me, like I've had the beautiful experience of living uh, as a young woman with the Dalai Lama in Dharamsala. So with all the Lamas and the Tibetan community, they were refugees with no money. There was no police. There was no infrastructure there to protect them. And yet they lived in absolute beauty and harmony. Uh, and that yeah. came from their inner values, which was, you know, love, community um, and serving others. Um, and I've seen that system work so beautifully. You know, it was just the most amazing place to live. Um, there was hardly any crime. Everyone supported each other. It was Shambhala in essence. Hmm. Uh, it was very hard leaving there. And so... Um, although I'm not sort of dreaming into this utopia, I do feel that um, there is a place for all of us to start thinking a bit differently in terms of um, simplicity, in terms mm. of, well, do you really need to buy all those dresses and watches and so forth? Like, I feel like for all of us, we're coming back to a more simple way of being where we're connecting more with the earth, where we're thinking more about the we instead of the me. Um, and where I also feel that we're both, we're all taking self-responsibility in terms of our actions and mindfully making choices that are, you know, in service for all instead of this, um, yeah, this, um, the way capitalism breeds selfishness, it breeds, um, I want it all, this competition. I've got a question for those that are tuning in that are already doing the work perhaps, um, and sometimes they struggle and I know I can put my own hand up there sometimes. And I guess this place come, mm. comes from a place of judgment, which probably needs its own healing. Mm. Um, but then sometimes we feel like we're doing the work, but then there are others that, you know, 
what's the point when others aren't, you know? Um, do you think everyone is eventually mm. catching on? Like you said, 71% of people making decisions based on ethical choices. Mm. That's pretty epic. Mm. Do you think things will just, mm. it's just a matter of time, we're just going to hold our breath while everyone else catches up as well? I think that we are here to share our medicine and we, I see, well, I don't call myself a change maker, I say healer, which is like mm. this more shamanic way of, of thinking. But in every moment I'm, well, you know, even in Buddhism too, like in every action that I do, there's kindness, there's respect. I'm serving others in that moment. Um, and so the beauty is that in every moment I'm just living the way that I need to live. I'm not here to change anyone. I'm not here to, you know, convert anyone to my way of thinking. I'm just behaving in a way that may show them something that's different, may inspire them to behave differently. Uh, and that's all I can do. That's all I can do. I love that. Thank you so much for sharing that. And I just want to reflect back to you just, yeah, you know, having the value of connection and connecting with you has been such a blessing. It's been such a treat. So much so that I'm looking at your values and like connect, inspire, impact. I think if I had to adopt a set of values that weren't mine, I think those are the values. <laughs> just because inspire, inspiration is everything on the inspired evolution. And obviously trying to have an impact, trying to change the world from the inside out, just trying to be the best version of ourselves mm. that out is such a, yeah, beautiful. such a piece of work. Mm. And I just really respect and, and just yeah. admire you sister for the work mm. that you're doing and just the grace with which you carry um, the work that you do, you know, and just the, yeah, the heart that's in there. And so thank you so much for the first part of the conversation, for the second part of the conversation, yes. for showing up, you know, yes. not just once, but twice, but maybe three times, but actually, mm. note, you know, it's obviously <laughs> a life's work, you know, that goes into it. And I just want to acknowledge mm. you for the life um, that Simone's lived and just to have this informed, yummy, really, really deep drop in. So thank you so much for sharing that with us. Well, thank you so much for the beauty, although just the beauty of being able to share all of that and this incredible platform that you've created to bring the greater good to the world. I mean, this is a vehicle of enlightenment for so many people and inspiration and connection. It's what you're doing and creating impact. So I think you're amazing and I'm just so, so um, humbly, you know, just honoured to be a part of things. So oh, thank you. We're all in it together. So I just want to tune in for those that want to connect with Simone. Um, what is potentially the best way to just drop in and like say g'day or find out more about what you're up to if they can. Yeah. Yeah. That'd be a pleasure. So you can uh, link in with me on LinkedIn. It's Simone Dowding or I'm Simone Michelle on Facebook and Instagram. And that's uh, because of my line of work just for security, awesome. um, but more than happy to connect with you on any platform. Yeah. Uh, thank you so much. Connection. Yo. <laughs> <laughs> really appreciate it, sister. Thank you. Emirate. <laughs> you! thanks for listening in to another amazing episode of the inspired evolution if you're loving these episodes make your way across to youtube click subscribe fresh episodes are launched every monday with highlights being released throughout the week thank you so much and hey guys just so you know a lot of love heart soul and work goes into these episodes so if you could please leave us a five-star review and comment on itunes i love reading your positive feedback it fans the flames of the passion to continue to create and help you live the life that you love thank you so much for your wonderful feedback i can't wait to see you again in the next episode big love from amrit and remember to stay inspired to evolve. 
Imagine the softest sheets you've ever felt. Now imagine them getting even softer over time. That's what you'll feel with Bowling Branch's organic cotton sheets. In a recent customer survey, 96% replied that Bowling Branch sheets get softer with every wash. Start getting your best night's sleep in these sheets that get softer and softer for years to come. Try their sheets with a 30-night guarantee. Plus, get 15% off your first order at BowlingBranch.com. Code BUTTERY. Exclusions apply. See site for details. Hi, I'm Daniel, founder of Pretty Litter. Did you know cats tend to hide symptoms of sickness and pain? I learned this the hard way after losing my cat, Gingy. So I created Pretty Litter, a health monitoring litter that helps detect early signs of illness by changing colors, saving you money and potentially your cat's life. Pretty Litter is veterinary and developed, and it's the easiest way to keep tabs on your fur baby's health Right at home. Go to prettylitter.com and use code ACAST for 20% off your first order and a free cat toy. Terms and conditions apply. See site for details. Mom deserves the best, and there's no better place to shop for Mother's Day than Whole Foods Market. They're your destination for unbeatable savings. From premium gifts to show-stopping flowers and irresistible desserts, start by saving 33% with Prime on all body care and candles. Then get a 15-stem bunch of tulips for just $9.99 each with Prime. Round out mom's menu with festive rosé irresistible berry chantilly cake and more special treats come celebrate mother's day at whole foods market